This episode of the Case for Safety podcast is sponsored by Safety 2021. Welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. Our conversations with safety experts aim to share ideas and insights you can use to help your organization benefit from efforts to improve worker safety and health. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. There are many different philosophies for how to improve safety and health in the workplace. A new resource titled A Guide to Practicing New Safety offers insights into some new views of safety and how they can help create safer and healthier workplaces. Here to talk about the guide, we're happy to have uh, back a friend of the show, uh, Jeff Dalto. Jeff is the editor of the Guide for Practicing New Safety. He is also a workplace learning and performance professional at Vector Solutions. Uh, Jeff, welcome back. Great to be talking to you again. Hey, Scott. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be back. Appreciate you having me on. And I'm looking forward to this discussion. I'd like to say hi to everybody out there who might be listening as well. Uh, great great to have you back. Let's get started. So I thought we could just kind of kick things off with uh, you uh, telling us a little bit uh, about, uh, about this guide, uh, uh, how it came together, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll be talking more detail, but just kind of high level. The guide is a, a look at things like HOP, HPI, Safety 2, Safety Differently, and resilience engineering. And it came about, I'm the editor. I, I didn't write anything other than the intro. And I had help even in, in, in the beginning phases from, from one guy in particular I want to call out. That's Jeff Lith. He's a safety professional up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. He also, uh, I don't know, is runs or manages or edits the safetydifferently.com website. I do encourage people to check that out. And, you know, like I kind of ran the initial idea past Jeff when, when I wasn't sure if it was uh, anything worth doing. And he encouraged me. And then, you know, the guide is a, a series of four questions. I asked a total of 30 different contributors uh, in safety and health from all over the world. Everybody answers it. Um, you know, I, I came up with the questions and I asked Jeff Lith, you know, hey, I'm, how are we doing here? Um, I said, Jeff, like I know some of these people, but others I don't. Can you? Can you get me their email or can I, can I CC you to get me in the door? Uh, and then just generally when, when, when I might have been a, a little down on the dumps, Jeff again encouraged me and helped me. So big shout out to Jeff Lith on that. He's also a contributor. Uh, there's 30 contributors. I'm not going to mention every names, but some names people might be familiar with. Um, Todd Conklin is in there. Ron Gant is in there. Uh, Stephen Shorrock, who, who's a guy who wrote the kind of famous Euro control white paper on uh Safety two, implementing safety two, and maybe uh, in particular for the ASSP crowd, perhaps Pam Walaski's in there. And Pam won Article of the Year for Professional Safety Journal in 2020 for an article she wrote on safety metrics, which is certainly related to the topic here. So anyway, uh, we do encourage people to check out the guide. Many thanks to all the contributors. There are people from all over the world, and again, the basic idea. I asked the exact same four questions to 30 different people and, and you get an amazingly rich and diverse range and spectrum of answers. And, and Scott, it's my understanding we're going to make this uh, guide available to people with some kind of link here at the, at the podcast channel and, and elsewhere. Is that right? Yes, we, uh, we will provide the, uh, the link with the uh, podcast for, uh, for folks to take a look at. Now, the, the title, uh, A Guide to Practicing New Safety. Tell us about the use of the words new safety and 
you know, what kind of things we're talking about? You you mentioned at the beginning there, uh, hop, resilience, engineering, those kind of things. So I wonder if we could dive a little deeper into the the kind of things uh, we're talking about and are included in the guide. Sure. So in the guide, we talk about a variety of things that have some similarities and commonalities. They include hop, which is human and organizational performance. It's often associated with Todd Conklin. Uh, HPI, or human uh performance improvement, which is also sometimes called HPT. And that sometimes is tracked back through like someone like Gary Rumler and the International Society of Performance Improvement, and even maybe to Deming. Safety 2, which is often associated with Eric Hallnagel. Safety Differently, which is often associated with Sidney Decker. Resilience Engineering, often associated with someone like David Woods. So we're kind of like Trying to, I tried to figure out one title that's a catch-all for all those things. The uh, the title "New Safety" I, I mentioned to you already, Scott. It, it's kind of there's no good name catch-all term for all those different things. I came up with "New Safety." I think it worked kind of well, but it but it caused some problems for me as well. I, I guess I, I'd like to call out that there's not necessarily anything that's inherently brand new about any of these things. A lot of these techniques have been used in safety in the past. A lot of them are borrowed from other fields. So it's not like this sprung, any of these things, you know, this year sprung out of somebody's brain from, from out of left field. And, and, and so that's one thing. And I think the use of that term new sometimes creates unfortunate kind of bickering and kind of tribalism. And, and that certainly wasn't the intention. So that's all my bad. If anyone takes it that way, please don't. That's not the intent. The other thing is kind of interesting is a lot of these strains of thought really aren't exclusive to safety. So I've already kind of given you a caveat about the word new. The, the caveat here is like, maybe this isn't really all about safety either. Maybe it's about human relationships. Maybe it's about learning. Maybe it's about getting work done, production, success, and so on. So ho- hopefully that helps a little bit, Scott. Sure, sure. Now, when we're talking about some of these different concepts in the world of occupational safety and health, are these concepts and approaches, you know, I don't know, say uh, opposed or in contrast to other approaches to, to safety and health, or can the two be used in a complementary manner? Yeah, good question. And this, again, gets back to what I just said about kind of wishing I could get the title of the guide back and maybe not include the word new. Because uh, new inclu- suggests there's an old thing that suggests that the new stuff is better than the old stuff. And again, that's not necessarily the intention. In a lot of ways, these can be complementary approaches. So for example, let's just drill down into, you know, one of the things we're, we're talking about is safety two, associated with Hal Nagel. Hal Nagel writes about safety one. He doesn't assume that safety two is replacing safety one. It's complementing safety one. So I, I, again, a lot of the things that we're talking about in the guide might be things that people who maybe have never even heard about this are already doing, you know, hats off to them. In many cases, it's stuff that can complement or supplement what you're doing already. There are perhaps a few possible exceptions. So I'll just throw these out and I'll invite people to kind of um, kind of mull on these on their own. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn if you want to have this discussion further. Uh, a few possible exceptions. Uh, uh, some of these approaches in particular, maybe hop or safety differently, might be a little bit incompatible either with behavior-based safety or uh, behavior-based safety, depending on how you define behavior-based safety. And that, that's a debate. And actually, if I recall, maybe Scott, you were there, there was a, a debate between Todd Conklin and Scott Geller 
at uh, one of the recent safety uh, ASSP safety um, annual conventions, the one that they had in Denver some years past. And that, that was kind of famous. You could argue, people. some people do argue that behavior-based safety is ultimately, ultimately gets down to placing the blame on workers uh, for their thoughts and decisions. And I know that other people say that's not what it's all about at all. But you could make that argument. It's been made. And, and, and if that's how, what behavior-based safety, if that's true, then that's incompatible with, with a lot of what we're talking about. Um, and we'll, we can talk about that later. There's a stereotype, whether it's accurate or not, that a lot of safety professionals are safety cops. To the extent that anybody, that that's true for any one individual out there, this would be incompatible with the idea of of being a safety cop. Sometimes when people conduct uh, incident investigations, they'll come up with a single root cause for that incident and or they'll blame, they'll, they'll say the root cause of that incident is the worker made a mistake. I would say that's generally incompatible with the approaches we're talking about here. And, and then also maybe incompatible a lot, and maybe a lot, some safety professionals maybe sit in their office, kind of remove from work, create a written procedure for how to do jobs and hand that down to workers. And they assume that the workers will follow that procedure to a T. And, and I would say that that general idea is arguably incompatible with what we're talking about too. So largely complementary. Some areas you could argue it's incompatible. We can have that uh, discussion more on social media. Okay. Now, uh, talking about some of these specific contexts, I wonder if we get get into a, a little more detail. We've we, you've mentioned uh, a few new view concepts, but I wonder what are some uh, specific concepts safety professionals should know about. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've got a little cheat sheet here. Hopefully I got some of the best ones for everybody. Um, the first thing, and I think I'm borrowing here from safety differently, is that the worker is not the problem, but the solution. So if you if you go back to like Taylorism, a lot a lot of times workers are seen as the problem. They're the, they're the thing you need to control to kind of um, engineer mistakes and safety problems out of the system. And and Safety differently, and a lot of these other fields see that exactly the same way, uh, opposite way. I'm sorry, that workers aren't the problem, but they're the solution, and and also that workers are are you know not only are they at the sharp end, the place where that the hazards are, but they're the experts on, on work and safety. So, workers are the solution would be one key point. Another key point is that when when people are working, they're working in complex. Environment. So, so we're talking about complexity and complexity studies. And that's one reason, for example, why an incident investigation that leads to a single root cause or, or, or a suggestion as worker error is, is, are, is flawed. So you have to understand that, that people are working in complex socio-technical systems and, and that uh, that's where incidents arise is through that complexity. If you want to analyze that complexity, which is something you would want to do as a safety professional, uh, you need to recognize it's a system, that, that items within the system are interrelated, and, and that toggling something uh, at one part of the system might have an unanticipated effect on a different part of a system. And so you need to start developing a systems thinking toolkit. Uh, so that, that would be, uh, I guess, a pair, complexity and systems thinking. Well, the third, and, and I feel especially strongly about this, I feel a lot of this is about learning. And Scott, I believe one of the reasons uh, you're going to publish this podcast kind of close 
to the time where I, I'm going to be speaking at the ASSP Safety 2021 virtual conference, I'm giving a presentation called Safety is Learning. And, and I think much of what this whole guide is about is about how to, how to have better organizational learning and operational learning. A lot of that learning, like if you want a first step, ask better questions. So ask questions of your workers. Don't, don't, don't you know, focus so much on telling people how to do things. Ask questions and ask better questions and ask them in a better way. Todd Conklin has a book that has that subtitle, Asking Better Questions. Another kind of related issue, study normal work. So study work as workers actually do it. Not as you wrote it up in your office on a procedure, but as workers really do it. Now you're asking better questions. You can study that partly by answering, asking better questions. That allows you to recognize the expertise of workers and realize that they're, they're the solution. One of the things you should do when you're studying and trying to learn is consider a concept called local rationality. This comes up in, in incident investigations, which actually a lot of these people, uh, these thinkers don't even use that term incident, invest incident. They often say event. They often don't talk about incident investigations. They talk about learning teams. But regardless, after something bad has happened at work, I think if I I'm kind of paraphrasing Todd Conklin here, there's a tendency after the incident has happened, when you have all the information and you know how things happen, that everything can appear really self-evident, obvious, and inevitable. But, but that's not necessarily how it appeared to the worker at the time. And, and as the uh, safety professional looking kind of back in time and down at that worker, th there's a tendency to let all sorts of cognitive biases come in and, and think, oh, they should have known this. They should, have been, uh, they should not have made that decision. They should have been more situationally aware or whatever, whatever you want to talk about. But, but, but maybe a better approach is to put your, try to put yourself, instead of looking back and down, put yourself in that person's shoes and mind frame and ask yourself, realizing that they're probably an intelligent uh, worker who creates success for you 99.99% of the time. Ask yourself, hmm, what was it about the, the system and the, con and the context and the environment this person was working in? that made their decision make sense to them at that time. And, and that will allow you to start, and that's called local rationality, and that will allow you to start looking at the, the system around that worker and, and seeing, uh, oh, here's a weakness that caused them to make, uh, uh, to trigger a, a, fail, a weakness in our system, and that led to the incident. Todd Conklin will tell you, workers never cause an incident, they trigger situations within your system or, or content in the working context that lead to incidents. So you've, you've got these latent weaknesses in your system and every so often a worker will make a decision that triggers one of them. So if you, you try to get down into their, their, uh, in their mind frame and into their shoes and look from their perspective at the system around you, you can identify those weaknesses and change those weaknesses in a system. Simply like telling a person, you made a mistake, you made the wrong decision and retraining them or blaming them isn't going to solve your problem and it's the weakness is still there and someone's going to trigger it again in the future. Another kind of interesting topic is the idea of studying success, not just failures, but success. A lot of times safety professionals will just study something that went wrong, like an incident, which you, you have to. It's a good thing to study failure and you can learn from failure, but we should also be studying success. And again, most things that happen at work are successful. And, and I, so why should we study just a tiny sliver of things that go wrong? Why don't, why don't we study how does success happen? And that should teach us how to make more success happen. 
I think I'm paraphrasing Ron Gant now, where he said something like, if you wanted to learn how to, how to have a good marriage, you wouldn't just study divorce. And lastly, I'll just leave people with five principles of HOP, or human and organizational performance. These come from INPO, which is a nuclear power organization, and then they were tweaked by Todd Conklin and others. HOP principle one, human error is normal. So we talked about that. HOP principle two, blame fixes nothing. So again, don't blame workers because you're not going to learn. HOP principle three, learning is vital. My upcoming presentation is safety is learning. We can learn by asking better questions. HOP principle four, context drives behavior. So the context at work, that system that we're all working in, is going to drive individual behavior. I've actually heard Todd say that maybe people don't really have free will because their behaviors are are being influenced by the context they're in. And then lastly, how you respond to failure matters. How you as a safety professional or your organization responds to failure. If if you uh, blame people, you know, no one's going to tell you about a failure again. You're not going to learn if you... uh, yeah, if you approach it more sympathetically, you'll have more learning, you'll have more safety improvement. So, you know, there's a ton more to learn. There's a, the, the guide we're talking about is more than 100 pages, but those are some of the high points for you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I love what you said about, you know, taking that empathetic approach when something does occur, putting yourself in the, the worker's shoes and trying, you know, understand the, the thought process or what might have been going on that influenced their decision making. And also, uh, as you just mentioned, the, the asking the right questions, m- making it more of a, a conversation about how you can get better and, and the, the studying the success. I think that that's a really great point, you know, what, what's working well that we can learn from. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of really great points. Now, for safety professionals taking a, a look at the guide, how can they take the information there? And as you say, you spoke with with thirty safety experts. How can they take what's there and begin to implement it at their organization? Yeah, I think an easy thing is just kind of like starting with that that idea from maybe from safety differently uh, uh, that understanding and recognizing that uh, workers aren't the problem; they're the solution. That they're the the, the experts. And, and that you can learn a lot from them. And, and I think there's some great stuff in the guide from uh, two people people might be aware of, Clive Lloyd and Rosa Antonia Carrillo, about how to better start learning from those people. So one, one is that idea, I think, of just kind of making that mind shift of, of recognizing that workers aren't the problem, they're the solution. The, the second, I think, is... The idea of just getting out there and studying normal work. This is something I hear Ron Gant talk about a lot. Ron, by the way, along with Jim Howe, has, has written a lot of this stuff into the most recently updated ANSI ASSP Z10 standard for safety management. So hats off to them for that. But this idea of just studying normal work and finding out how work really gets done, which would be you know the, a next logical step from realizing that workers are, are the solution and not the problem. Then I think just an understanding that workers are working in complex situations. The work varies all the time. It's not the straight line that we think about it in, in a procedure. And workers are always making different trade-offs to make, you know, with their resources and time available to get the work done. And and, and just realizing that that's not, not a problem, but that's how most of those successes happen. I think, and then that's all, realizing this is all part of learning. And, and so I think those are three good ways to start. I think if I recall in, in my interview with Todd Conklin, one of the things he, he said right off the bat is change the way you do incident investigations. Um, 
he recommends something called a learning team. Again, it's similar stuff in, in the fact that it has a recognition that you need to study uh, work as it's really performed, a recognition that it's the workers who really know what's going on, and a recognition that you can create a, a safer work system by asking questions of those workers who know what's going on. So I think those would be some pretty good starts. And then, you know, there's a, a lot more tips in a hundred plus page guide and there are books and websites out there where you can learn a lot more, but those would be good starting points. Okay. Now uh, you, you touched on this when talking about some of the specific concepts, but when you look at these concepts in practice, how can uh, implementing some of these ideas improve your risk management, improve your safety management system so you, you can have continued sustained safety and health improvements? Yeah. And, and this is probably a long answer. And again, especially with safety management systems, I'd encourage people just to check out the newly revised ASSP Z10, which is pretty fantastic and hats off to those people. But, you know, to keep it really high level and simple, if you're learning more about the system and the context and environment that, that workers are working in, you will you will reduce risk and you will make a safer workplace to keep it simple and short. Short and sweet. Good stuff. For for those who are interested in uh, learning more, I, I mean, obviously they could take a look at the guide, but for those uh, who might be interested in learning more about some of these concepts, what are some uh, good resources that they could take a look at? Yeah. So, you know, I've gone through this learning journey myself, so I can tell you some of the things I found most valuable. We will, uh, Scott, you and I will give people a link to this, this guide, which is 100 pages more an infographic about the five principles of hop that we just went over a conversation with Todd Conklin. In addition, one of the questions I asked in the guide, the fourth of the four questions was where, where do you recommend people go to learn more? And, and, uh, you know, I was asking about books and podcasts and websites and so on. By far the most commonly referenced book from these 30 experts was Sidney Decker's uh, book, the field guide to understanding human error. So that's obviously a great resource. And, and then a, a book by Todd Conklin, too, his pre-accident investigation book was probably second most common. So I'd recommend those. And, and in general, I'd recommend the works of Cindy Decker, Todd Conklin, Eric Hallnagel, and David Woods. Decker and, and Hallnagel can be pretty academic, and, and sometimes it helps to pull out your old college philosophy books uh, <laughs> to kind of go through it. Conklin's much more accessible. Um, so that's not a bad starting point is to start with Conklin. And again, in the interview I did with Todd Conklin, I kind of asked him, like, I asked him a similar question. And he gave a suggested kind of sequential reading list to take you through the whole history and development of these thoughts. So I would encourage people to check out what Todd said there as well. Ron Gant is a great guy to follow on social media. I definitely recommend that. And then a couple websites to call out. Uh, there's the safetydifferently.com site I already talked about, Jeff List site. I think Stephen Shorrock used to manage that before Jeff did, Ron Gant did, Daniel Hummerdahl did. That's a great website. I'm a big fan of, of the Eurocontrol white paper on Safety 2 that Stephen Shorrock did. There's the Hop Hub blog or website, which is created by Todd Conklin, Andrea Baker, and Bob Edwards, I believe. And, and that's a great source as well. So, uh, and then podcasts, lastly, podcasts. There's obviously the Todd Conklin Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast Series is really great. And there's also another one that comes to mind right off the bat that came up a lot is the podcast from Drew Ray and David Proven down in Australia. 
and, and I'm just blanking. I apologize. I forgot the, the name of it. But if you guys Google David Proven, Drew Ray Safety Podcast, you'll find it. That's actually a fantastic podcast series as well. So those would be good starter points for people. And I, I write about it a lot at the Vector Solutions blog and share a lot of information about it on social media. And I guess the last thing I'd, encur- I'd encourage folks is, and this comes up a lot in the blog too, don't limit your reading or your studies to safety. So, you know, this involves psychology, organizational development, anthropology, all sorts of other stuff. And so you'll get some recommendations that might seem like they're from out of left field from the people in the uh, guide, but but they're not because all these things are, it's, it's a multidisciplinary approach. And, and so I'd encourage you to kind of just cast a wide net and kind of explore as you go and you'll find some things that you know that nobody else does that'll be useful as well. So, you know, it's a great, exciting learning journey. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of great resources and definitely uh, encourage folks to take a look at those. Okay, as we uh, get ready to close out here, anything you'd like to uh, add about the guide or the new views of safety? I'd just like to once again, thank you and ASSP for having me on. I'd like to thank the listeners today. I'd like to thank Jeff Lith for all the help and all the contributors. And again, I just encourage people to feel free to connect with my me on social media if you're interested. Or you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident I can say that as a blanket statement for anybody in the guide. That's one of the things I found has been just amazing in the entire community is how free people are uh, sharing their time, expertise, and knowledge. And that's how I, I just started peppering random strangers on social media with questions. That's how I, I got where I am right now as well. And you know, like. I mean, Ron Gant just started answering questions from some guy he never knew, you know, and, and then Jeff Lift did the same. And, you know, so uh, these people are happy to share and help. Um, I'd encourage you to seek them out. LinkedIn or Twitter seem to be a great place. Connect with them, follow them. A lot of them are sharing information daily, weekly, whatever it is. Um, they're all great. So I'd encourage you guys all just to go out there and get it from the horse's mouth instead of uh, through the filter of me anyway. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much again, Jeff, for, uh, for coming on. It's been great talking to you again. Yes, we'll, uh, of course, include uh, a link to the, the guide with the uh, podcast and uh, encourage our listeners to, to take a look and take, take all that expertise to uh, improve uh, safety and health at uh, their organization. So uh, thank you again. Yeah, Scott, thank you so much, too. Uh, one last call out. Uh, apparently, we're going to be doing an uh, uh, article on the same basic theme at Professional Safety Journal. So I'll be Less stream of consciousness there if somebody likes their thoughts more, a little bit more ordered. And then additionally, watch out for us at the ASSP Safety 2021 Virtual Conference. Uh, This presentation called Safety is Learning. I'll be talking about a lot of the same things there as well. So once again, thanks a million, Scott. Thanks, Jeff. Join Jeff Dalto and other world-class safety and health experts September 13th through the 15th at Safety 2021 Virtual. Attend sessions that will provide practical information that can be used today and in the future to protect workers, enhance business operations, and advance careers. Learn more and register at safety.assp.org. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at assp.org and follow us on Twitter at assp safety. We'll see you next time.